Welcome back to another base training podcast. Um, I'm here as always with Will and Stefan and myself, obviously, talking. Um, this week we're going to be talking about uh, females in the forces. I quite like the alliteration of that. <laughs> Put the title in it. And more specifically, um, the preparation required for a female versus a male considering a an arduous military course and that course might uh, be something like basic infantry training um the parachute regiment the royal marines and then the uk special forces above that sas sbs special concerts regiment and all the other attached um special forces groups um and we're going to talk about what is required of a female um in terms of their training to be successful on them as we as we as we had it highlighted to us that is there aren't many role models for female to be encouraged to go and do these courses purely because there aren't any females who have yet passed those courses um, one person has passed p company which is the um the attached arms i suppose the only only military would understand what i'm talking about but the attached arms to the actual parachute regiment so you can go through parachute regiment basic training or you can be someone in the royal engineers for instance and you can go and do p company which is three weeks um sorry uh one week and then you have two weeks of pre-para and the whole thing is known as p company um but the parachute regiment training is 28 weeks i think it is culminating in the final test week which is called p company um no one no female passed that yet one female has passed the attached arms version um so we're going to be talking about that um, and no no women has passed um, sas or sbs selection yet um it's not to say they won't in the future and with the right role models um coming from people like us encouraging females that that is possible but the right training is necessary um, but before we carry on, I'll quickly introduce ourselves. Uh, Stefan, where can everyone find you? Who are you? Uh, yeah, Stefan. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Coke underscore Stefan underscore Winder. Um, Facebook is Stefan Winder Strength and Movement Coach, um, although I kind of prefer using Instagram. Um, LinkedIn is Stefan Winder MSC and email Stefan at base.training. What about you, Will? Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's coach underscore will underscore strathy. Uh, LinkedIn will strathy. Facebook will strathy. Health and fitness coach. Um, but like the guys, mostly on Instagram anyway. Um, and my email is will at base training. Cool. And you can find me um, Lee Carter UK on Instagram. That's pretty much where I am now. I don't really go on Facebook or social, uh, LinkedIn or whatever. Um, you can email me on Lee at base training. Um, you can also head over to our new page, Base Training Tactical, which is specifically focused on those that are interested in going for arduous military courses in the selection processes. Um, it's an individualised fitness approach, um, which we are huge component, uh, proponents of, and we'll discuss some of the reasons why um, coming up. So females going into the, these arduous courses, as we know, um, zero have passed the tier one 
SAS, SBS, UK Special Forces selection processes. Um, the females have been able to do the, those selection processes, uh, those tier one selection processes um, for the past, I think, five to seven years. I'm not 100% sure on the actual time frame there, um, but the far, let's say five years, um, and yet no one has passed yet. Um, women, however, have been able to do the Royal Marines and the parachute regiment training um, for longer. They haven't been able to go, it's, it's a little bit confusing, um, and I might be a little bit confused on it myself. Um, they haven't been able to go through infantry training over, so infantry battle school training um, until relatively recently, within the last five years, I think it is. Um, so the the likelihood of a female going for these courses is still very low. One of the reasons being is that no one's broken the mould yet. Um, just like Roger Bannister did with the, the sub four minute mile, he was the first one to do it. No one, everyone said it couldn't be done and that he would probably die if he did it. Um, all the science indicated that. And yet in the year preceding him, I think something like 18 people broke the four minute mile. Um, and since then, hundreds, thousands of people have broke the four-minute mile. Um, so therein lies a problem in itself um, in terms of the, the social and the psychological aspect. Um, however, we discussed this offline. I think if a – it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of confidence for a female to do it. Um, but I don't think that should dissuade people from attempting it and going from putting in for these courses – um because like someone has to don't wait for that person to pass for you to go and do it because it's going to take a long time be that person um so i think that's the first thing i'd say as a as a um as a line of encouragement for females to go and do these courses is stop don't think about it anymore just go and do it it's absolutely possible however what we're going to discuss in the coming minutes uh, is the training required to go and do that. So we know, guys, that there are physiological differences between males and females. We cannot, we cannot, set, we, we cannot argue that. That's just fact. That's not our opinion. That's what science is saying. It's just fact. And so we, even though the courses have opened up to women now, which we agree is a good thing, um, equal opportunities and all that sort of stuff. We agree it's a good thing. <laughs> the way in which people are trained for the infantry course, because the infantry course is a train-in process, whereas um, special forces is a select-out process. Um, the the train-in infantry school is still training women like their small men because of the numbers people go through it they've got 150 people potentially in an intake they can't individualize those training process so immediately the odds are stacked against women because there are fundamental physiological differences that we just can't escape well you've done a little bit of research into obviously the menstrual cycle and things like that what differences away from the military, have you seen that could potentially impact the training 
or for a female who's considering and going on this course, these courses? Um, so there is a number of factors, um, and I'm no, no expert in this. It's just based on what I've read in the past and things. Um, but there is a difference between, obviously, a big hormonal difference between males and females. Uh, and as the female hormone percentage and relationship changes over the course of their menstrual cycle, there are periods where their physical capabilities slightly improve and periods where their physical capabilities slightly decrease. Um, that's not to say that males don't over the course of uh, months and weeks, um, but as a, as a female, if you're looking for this kind of peak physical condition for a period of eight to 10 weeks as you go through a training process, there's going to be probably two instances throughout that that you really suffer and your physical capabilities have dropped and just based on a pure hormone percentage ratio. Um, and as well as there's a females have lower bone densities, a difference of uh, fat-free mass, like their muscle mass to fat mass ratio is higher, not lower, sorry, lower than males. Um, so hormone differences, um, bone density differences, um, and they're all going to play a role in how you adapt and progress through that training cycle. Yeah, have you got anything to add there, Stefan? Uh, yeah, just kind of echoing what Will said, really. Um, like, something that all the military do, particularly the Tier 2 and Tier 3, is it's it gets progressively harder in a linear fashion. Everything you do is in stages and each stage has particular standards that you need to meet and you have to hit that standard in order to progress on, obviously, to the next section. So um, I mean, my primary knowledge is on Royal Marines, so I use that as an example. Um, you know, it's 32 weeks basic training. Um, so as we were saying, roughly within that, you're probably going to have between 6 to 12 um, cycles, um, menstrual cycles throughout that period, depending on how, how often and how regular you are, um, which is going to result in subsequent drops in performance in those weeks. But because each week builds on the previous week over those 32 weeks, if you are in one of the, the more intense weeks, kind of later on down the line, and you happen to have, uh, you happen to be on, you happen to have your menstrual cycle during that week, your performance is obviously going to drop. And if that's a pass out week, which is going to dictate whether or not you progress into the next stage of training, that's going to really, uh, that's going to negatively affect your performance. And it's probably going to really negatively affect your mindset because you're going to be thinking, I've, I've trained really hard this this whole last four weeks. I've given everything to this. Um, because of my biology and my physiology, I've now been sent back in training. I've got to redo all of that again. And if you, you're quite regular in your menstrual cycle, every time you hit that, that testing week, you're just not going to be able to meet the standards because it's going to take you so long to adapt um, to that cycle. Um, what am I trying to say? Adapt to that specific part of your training if that makes sense, because it's just going to keep happening. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really, really tough, especially if it's a longer course to actually progress through when you have to meet certain standards at certain times, because, um, because of that unfortunate side effect of being a woman is that you are designed to, to birth children. 
Um, Unfortunate which... side effect. You don't know the PC way to phrase that one. It's fine. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Um, the it's, it's again, it's then it then becomes an argument. Okay, like for a female to pass these courses, we actually don't want them to have a menstrual cycle. Like we have to move them away from that into sports performance so that if, if like again to to limit the um risk of being on the menstrual cycle and having a low level of performance during a test week for instance because the standards are the standards the, the course isn't going to wait unfortunately and this is what we're saying the training hasn't adjusted and i'm not sure if it can or not i, I don't know um it's going to take a lot more research and conversation to figure that one out the, the, we, we have to as, a, as coaches move a female away from health and that, again therein lies part of this problem we have to move them into what we've talked about before the athlete triad where we're going to risk things like um, osteoporosis and like no menstrual cycle and um fluctuating mood like which severely right. fluctuating moods the severe psychological detriments exactly and, and this is this is the reality of what a lot of elite level females go through um i use i've used paula radcliffe as an example in the past is one of the reasons she retired from athletics is so that she could start a family because she hasn't hadn't had a period in the past like 10 years that again does have a psychological impact an impact on uh, it probably will have a future impact on her uh, skeletal health, her musculoskeletal health. Um, we don't know, obviously, there are the exceptions to the rule, and we're just speaking very generally. Um, <clears throat> so we have to move a female away from that, um, intentionally away from the menstrual cycle. And we then have to understand the consequences. If a female is okay with that, and we can say, okay, just to get you through training and to, get, to help you be successful, we have to move you away from it, but the consequences are, or potential consequences are these X, Y, Z. Um, if you're okay with that, awesome. Um, but we, we know, again, the side effects. One of the risks is osteoarthritis, and we've seen osteoporosis, and we've seen is, is a lowered level of bone density. Um, and one of the most common injuries and injury risks for females going through these arduous courses is stress fractures. Um, partly because the amount of loaded carrying that you do and, uh, and, and the high level of physical, the high level of physical exertion that you need for an extended period of time, take the boat Royal Marines, basic training is 32 weeks. I think it is. Yeah. It, and like you said, it linearly and progressively gets harder and harder and harder. I think like the, from the first test is a basic military fitness test, like a 2k run now, some carries and things like that. The last one of the last tests, is a 30 mile across Dartmoor in eight hours, carrying things like 16, 32 pounds, something like that. Um, yeah, like, so you can see the progressive nature of the course. And through those weeks and months, you're doing loaded speed marches as training and as testing. And if you fail them, you're doing it again within a short period of time. So we have to get to a, one of the things we have to get a few months to understand is that. In order for you to be successful in these courses, there's a couple of things that we have to do. We have to move you away from health, whereas a male can stay within probably health parameters through these courses. 
Uh, again, it's just a physiological difference that we can't hide from. Um, we have to move you to a higher relative level of fitness. We then have to increase the amount of lead up time to get you prepared to start these courses. If it's for something that's a higher level than the Royal Marines, let's take tier one selection, SAS and um, SBS selection. Instead of, let's say, using a male, maybe to take a year to 18 months, maybe two years for some to get ready for it, we're, we're going to be thinking a lot longer term, three to five years potentially, for you to develop the bone density to move you out of your, because it takes time to move someone out of their menstrual cycle completely. To, for them to then for them to then develop the bone density and the tendon strength and the ligamental strength to reduce your risk of injury to get you to a point where you're ready to then be progressed over the first phase of um, tier one special forces selection because it is it's a progressive incremental it's a bit more training than it is testing although there is testing it's a little bit more training um, whereas the next phases are very much we're testing you every single second or every single minute of every day, every hour and so on. But it's a little bit more psychological than it is. Again, some, a lot would argue this than it is um, physical. So we have to spend a lot longer developing you to get you to the point where you're ready to then be progressed that last 2%. Where, like I said, for, for male, you could you could... I've known of males muddling through the course. They just get they just get told you're going on that course, or they volunteer out of a, off a whim um, because they didn't want to do something else to get basically to get them out of something else, and they end up passing. They don't train for it. Um, I've heard of people going on tour for six seven months, barely doing any training, um, specific training anyway, and then a week they're back off tour after they leave. They come back and then they're on selection and then they pass. <laughs> like I, I think the likelihood of a female being able to do that is just lower. Not not to say it can't happen. It's just the odds are stacked against. They're just outliers, aren't they? The yeah. guys you've heard of, as a ratio of people that have trained for selection versus those guys that just kind of wing it. Versus, is kind of a small percentage, I guess. Just yeah. based on the total volume of people that go through, and it's probably the same for a female. If you had a hundred females go for it, and ninety-five percent of them train, five percent winged it, that five percent might scrape through. Might feel broken and shit by the end of it, but they might scrape through because they're just out. There's always going to be people that can just seem to wing stuff and scrape through by the skin of their teeth. But if you want to go for it, you shouldn't be scraping through. You should be performing well so that you don't get hurt so that you are capable and you're not just winging it and then when you get out the other side thinking oh fuck something it hard and i'm not ready so whilst yeah females may wing it there might be a few that wing it and get through but they're not going to do well and i think if you're doing that sort of going for that sort of career path you should have that attitude that i should do everything to the best of my ability yeah yeah, it's, 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 I think it's just, it's an odds thing, isn't it? Like the odds are stacks against you. <laughs> Was it Hunger Game? May the odds ever be in your favour. <laughs> um, the odds are just stacked against you. That doesn't mean you can't beat the odds. And with the right preparation, you improve your odds. Um, you improve your chances. You stack the deck in a way, um, as such. Um, 
So I think it's absolutely possible. In terms of some of the, the things that we need, we're probably going to be working on, again, time frame is going to be the longest thing because um, what I've seen is that a lot, a lot of people, male and especially in the male, underestimate the length of time needed to prepare for these courses and sometimes overestimate it. And the way we figure that out is based through assessment. We don't guess, we assess and then make, then make an educated guess <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and say, okay, look, we know that on average for someone to be successful on the first phase of UK Special Forces selection, they have to be able to squat this much, um, rear foot split squat this much, um, deadlift X amount, run a five mile in this pace, run 12 miles with 25 kilos at this pace in this time. So for, if you're, let's say, let's take the, the 12 mile time that we use as a marker, we want to see around about 2.15 um, time frame, um, give or take five, 10 minutes for someone to be successful in that first phase. Um, obviously, there's, that's just from a physical standpoint. We aren't taking into account the mental strength required um, for this and the psychological part. Just from a physical standpoint, if you then, if we do that test at the start and you come in at five hours, it's probably going to take us a significant level of time to get you to, to like to take off more than, what's that, 60%, 60% reduction in your time. Let's say it's not doable, yeah. but for you to be able to do that and make it sustainable and not a one-off fluke, like your best ever performance that you can never, ever beat again. But we have to make it sustainable because that's what selection is. It's a, it's a, it's an endurance test. It's not a sprint. It's, it's you have to be the freight, the, the pack horse and not the race horse. Um, so we, we base our timeframes on that. And I've seen a lot of people and I spoke to some females that have considered some of the, the tier two and tier three selection courses. Um, and they've gone, oh, yeah, I want to do the one that's in six months' time. So yeah, it's just like, based on your numbers and based on what you're telling me, that's just not long enough. Sorry to say it. Like, and a lot of people, a lot of the females I spoke to have been put off by purely by that. That straight away tells me that maybe they're not ready for it and maybe the motivation for it isn't what I would and again, the language probably isn't, say, isn't correct, but isn't what I would say is a strong motivator. It's very extrinsically focused. Whereas, again, based, on, based off anecdotal conversations with people that have passed, they've always had a strong internal intrinsic reason why they wanted to do this course. Um, so if I say to someone, a female that wants to go on these courses, say that based on your numbers, based on what you're telling me, based on your physiological essence, it's going to, because someone might be more powerful, a female might be more powerful than they are enduring. Um, and like I said, it's an endurance course. We might need to get them to become more enduring. And that might take five years. It's not to say it's not doable. It's just going to take longer. Um, and if your why is strong enough, the time frame won't matter. And this is, again, because what we're trying to do as coaches is we want to encourage females to go on these courses, but we're not going to bullshit them because our reputation is on the line as well. We want you to be successful. We're going to give you every chance of being successful. But we're going to tell you exactly what it's going to take because these courses aren't easy, but they are doable. That's the difference. They aren't easy, but they are very doable. 
hundreds, thousands of people have passed them. And to be the first female, you're going to have to do it right. <laughs> you have, you, the, the risk, the margin of error is so much smaller for a female, unfortunately. Um, well, that's just purely from a physiological standpoint, a physical standpoint. Um, we know the psychological capabilities of women some a lot of time far outweigh that of a guy and the guy skates through or um, gets by because of their physiological capability and they can rest their psychological part on top of that they use that as a as a as a carrier whereas the females have to rely more on their psychological part so we have to have a strong motivation motivation it has to be concrete um, because you're physiologically um, what's the, uh, a deficit is that the right word? Physiologically hindered, as such. Like we just even it's if we look at disadvantage, yeah, even if Hand, we look handicapped. Yeah, again, I, I, the language probably isn't right, and it probably sounds derogatory, but we're not putting it that way. Um, you look at elite level sport. On average, let's take CrossFit for it, for example. Like you got these guys and girls that are like redefining what elite level athleticism is through a multitude of domains. I think it's probably the best example and the best correlator. The best thing we can relate to in terms of the military, in terms of the broadness of fitness that you need to be an elite CrossFit female, um, the, the numbers, the strength numbers and the um, aerobic numbers and things like that are on average the same level as the top tier of the um, regionals level, what used to be the regionals. So some people that don't even make it to the games for male are averagely just as strong, again, this is averagely speaking, as the elite level females who make it to the games. Again, it's nothing to do with the way they train, it's just physio physiology at an elite level. And that's what we're dealing with, physiology at an elite level. Um, so again, all things being equal, a male <clears throat> or masculine man will have a higher physiological advantage than a female. That's not, like we said, that's not to say he can't pass. Um, cause I guarantee there's males that have passed who were just as fit, if not less fit than some females who could, who could pass guarantee that that's definitely possible um which will find them you've got to have the right motivation you've got to have the right preparation um one of the things that i personally would be focusing on um hugely is the uh, ability to create force and tendon ligamental and bone strength in quite marks um so you don't get injured 60 percent of people fail the first part of um sas and sbs selection not a lot of the time because they're not fit enough they withdraw because it's hard and uh they get injured that's that's the fact of the matter so we know that ment mentality of a female <laughs> is a lot of the times much stronger than males so we tick we can tick that off as long as we've got a strong motivation why and why so we have to reduce the risk of injury that's that's it, and the way we do that is going to take time. What sort of things would you be focusing on 
Um, if there's anything else other than that, maybe how would you do it? Roughly now. Um, so yeah, it'd be obviously we know, like like you said, physiologically, the thing that differences between male and female will be lower levels of testosterone, lower levels of bone density, um, low and lower levels of muscle mass compared to fat fat mass. Um, so the thing is, we want to switch the fat mass and muscle mass around, so we have more uh, a better ability to generate force like bigger muscles equals more uh, more motor units equals more muscular strength um that then obviously has its own benefits and adaptations we're going to have more red blood cells so we're going to have a better ability to absorb oxygen in those muscles strength endurance will come as part of that um so for me it will be a lot of body composition focus work um plus the ability to actually generate force so muscle strength and bone density like you said um but obviously you need a big aerobic base as well a lot of it is just endurance sheer willpower and endurance carrying long sorry heavy loads over long distances so just doing that kind of work as well and that will inevitably improve uh, bone strength as well because that repeated you're going to exposing yourself to that repeated movement is going to minimize the uh, the chances of uh stress fractures and things like that that can occur in training because it a lot of people go into training without that preparation and that's why it happens um like i said what, like 60 70 percent of people will get those kind of injuries um if you just do the work beforehand you will avoid that happening uh, so it will just be the actual work that will challenge you and you will develop through doing that training uh, but like like we said you you just can't have a menstrual cycle if you're going to do it it's just it just won't work unfortunately yeah so yeah, if, if you've got aspirations to go into the special forces, tier one especially, it's not conducive to a normal life. And if you want kids, especially as a female, it's, it's just not conducive to it. Um, again, we're only saying this off of what we think might happen. Because um, again, we, we've got no, um, we've got nothing to model our uh, our opinions on really because it hasn't happened yet so again the key word is yet um so it might be possible for a female to, it, i think it is possible for a female to go into special forces and have a family for sure um but again there's, there's always going to be trade-offs there's trade-offs with for males having a family like the the rates of divorce in the, the special forces i think it's something like 90 percent <laughs> like <laughs> If you are married with kids and you go into the special forces, there is some like an 85, 90% chance that you will be divorced at some point. <laughs> Just the nature of the job, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. Um, again, just I really think the biggest factor is the lead up time for me is to prepare someone for it. And, um, like for a male, in most cases, uh, the guys that I've worked with, two years as a, as, as maybe a year as a minimum to develop the requirements necessary. And, and I think what you find with the people that we talked about, the outliers, is that they say that they were, they just tipped up and did it and passed and had no training. But actually, if you look back at it, they're, they are organ, like their lifestyle actually was suited to that. They did go out and do things. 
that they just didn't see as preparation, but actually it is preparation. Um, one of the other things that we have to think about is talking about body fat levels. Um, if you look at, again, using CrossFit as an example, because I think it's um, a good example, elite level CrossFit is extremely low body fat levels. Um, and this is one of the things that causes cessation of the natural cycle. Um, but we have to do that. So if you've got a high level of body fat, if you're upwards in the 20%, we're going to have to get you to sub 10%. For a male, we can manage 12 to 15% probably in terms of body fat level um, and be successful. Um, but for a female, it's going to be less. So it's just the, the level of individualization required is it's, it's 100% has to be individualized. You, you, you will not, again, in, let's say it's loosely, but I, I would say you will not, a, a female will not pass doing a general program, a program that isn't specifically designed for them. That is. So a program that's a template that you subscribe to, um, that is not programmed around your needs and your lifestyle and your work routine and your family routine and your nutrition, and your menstrual cycle, you just won't get there. Um, one of, one of the other common uh, common reasons people fail is is overtraining, especially if the males are overtrained because we overestimate how hard this course is. It's like it's like we said, it's hard. It's not easy, but it is doable if you do it right. Um, and a lot of time, people definitely overtrain for it, and they all get injured and will say that the injury did it. It wasn't their training, but I guarantee when you overtrain, you increase your risk of injury because coordination decreases, focus decreases, muscular elasticity decreases. So you go over your ankle, you're less chance of you correcting yourself and coming back from it. Um, so <laughs> your overtraining contributed to your injury. Um, and a lot of females will do that. Um, this is what I predict. A lot of females will overtrain. And because of an external, potentially because of an external um, reason being oh, the males are training this hard, I have to train this hard. No, like that's, that's what's called an appeal to authority fallacy. Um, you, you don't have to train as hard as them. You have to train better than them. The quality of your training has to be better. The volume and the intensities has to be different for you to be successful. It has to be different. There is, there is no argument about it. And again, there's going to be outliers. Don't get me wrong. Um, the female that passed P company, I think, was an elite level triathlete. So um, we're, already, we're already seeing the requirements to pass these types of courses is you have to be elite level fitness. Um, whereas a male, they, they don't have to be the top rung. They can get away with being middle rung of the top of the top 1% kind of thing. Um, they can be the the 0.9%, whereas a female has to be in the 0.2%. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the training, the volume, the intensities, the exercise selection, the uh, timing, um, all the aspects of a periodized program, the structured program, has to be 100%, and I can't stress this enough, completely bespoke, individualized, um, are there any other synonyms for individualized? <laughs> for you, I, I can't stress that enough. I cannot stress that. You will not, well, the, the, the odds are not in your favor 
if you try and complete these courses and you apply for these courses with insufficient build-up time and a program that is not designed for you. Cannot stress that enough. That's it. <laughs> so I think unless you guys have got anything to add, I think it's probably a good place to end. So key things I think for females to be thinking about. Um, you have the ability to pass these courses. You have things that males don't possess. Um, high tolerance to pain, childbirth, high tolerance to pain, um, a psychological mindset, um, the ability to multitask. <laughs> <laughs> you have um, things that males in general don't possess. You have qualities, but you also have uh, don't have things that males possess. And that comes very much in the physiological part department. We can't get away from that fact is that bone density in general is lower. Muscular, skeletal, tendinal, ligamental systems aren't as tensile. They aren't as strong as a male in general speaking. Muscle mass is generally lower. Cross-sectional eyes and force across sectional areas and force production capabilities are generally lower. But that doesn't mean we can't shift that balance to so that you can sail through that course on your psychology, whereas a male can do the opposite. They can have be weaker in mind and sail through on their physiology. We just have to stack the odds in your favour. Um, you have to consider the time frame to get there, to get a male's tendons strong enough and tensile enough takes less time because of hormonal differences than a it does for a female. Fact, can't get away from it. So you have to consider that if a guy is going to take a year, if your male counterpart's going to take a year to get ready, you might have to take two years, double that time. That's nothing wrong with that. If your motivation is strong enough, and I would strongly suggest finding an, an internal extrinsic reason why you want to go and do these courses um, and the the reason that we often see and hear of, again this is all anecdotal is because I want to prove to the men that I can do it it's not strong enough um, I don't think it's a strong enough reason why it's, it's admirable yes but I don't think it's a strong enough reason um, you can add it on you can tag it on as and our motivator but it can't be the initial core reason why you're doing it um they're the things that i would consider time frame being the biggest one if your core reason is to prove to men that you can do it awesome Doesn't, like great <laughs> that, that's it is what it is but the phys physiological differences don't change um and lead up time for me is probably the, the most the biggest deciding factor um so I'm going to be a bit bold here. I'm going to pull it out there. If there are any females listening to this, we're in the military and have considered one of these courses, arduous courses, get in touch. I'll give you a discount. We don't do discounts, but I'll give you a discount because I want to prove it. it's doable. Um, so I'm going to, that's not, that's not saying Will and Stefan will, but <laughs> that's completely <laughs> up to them. We don't, I don't dictate that to them, uh, but I would, um, if that's what it takes. Um, again, I would argue that you're committed. If you ask for a discount, I'd argue that you're committed. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's the challenge. If, if you want to do it, get in touch, and we will we will 
prove to the world and prove to men and prove to you that it's doable. It has to be done right. The margin of error is too small and the, the cost is too high. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd end on. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. If you've enjoyed this podcast, head over to the Base Training Tactical page and give us a follow, engage with us, ask us questions. Um, we're struggling to find content of females um, doing alley shit. Um, for those that are in the military, alley shit means cool stuff <laughs> in, in military vernacular. Uh, so send them into us. Email us, info at base.training, and we can uh, get those photos up and be the, you can be the role model to inspire other girls and females to, to go and attempt these courses. So, yeah. Um, till next time. Peace.